Welcome to the Revenue Accelerators Podcast, a show featuring B2B sales and business leaders. Hosted by Excelogy founder and 19-year sales veteran with leadership experience in strategic enterprise and telecom sales, Deep Trikonod. This show uncovers strategies and techniques business leaders have used to go from zero to one and beyond. If you enjoy this content, please subscribe, rate, and review the show to help us reach more people. Revenue Accelerators is brought to you by Excelogy. We help B2B sales leaders improve sales performance by leveraging our patent-pending data-driven sales coaching systems. Find us at www.excelogy.com. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you guys for joining yet another episode of Revenue Accelerators. Today with me, I'm fortunate enough to have Thomas Ellis of EWC Consultants. Thomas, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Deep, it's a pleasure to be here. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Um, Tom, Thomas, can you share a little bit more? I'm, I'm sure that that intro wasn't clearly enough for near, sorry, nearly enough for for the audience. If you can kind of add color to that, it'd be great. Sure, Candy. So, my name is Thomas Ellis. I'm the Chief Sales Officer of EWC Consultant. We are a small business sales coach, so we help small businesses and small organizations develop a sales process that gets them great results. That's that's awesome. I actually may have uh, – we'll, we'll talk a little bit after this call as well. I might have someone that, that is in need of your help. Um, that's great. So, so how did you get into this, Thomas? How long have you been doing this? So how much time do we have, Dave? <laughs> We're going to try and compress this in like 25, max 30 minutes. <laughs> All right. So – I've been in sales, sales leadership for over 35 years. I work for some pretty large companies and, I, and I've always had this deep passion for helping others become successful. And I found that in my, in my travels with talking to small business owners, sales was the, the least favorite of small business owners that, that they were actually afraid of. And so I've helped them develop this easy and simple process to help them close more deals because of the, the passion I have for helping others. So I, I've been doing this now for about 12 years. I love it. And, and so that threshold from which you switched from doing it for comp, for a company to now, sorry, being a kind of sales rep carrying a bag within a company to now helping other businesses kind of grow their sales footprint their sales methodologies and whatnot like how like how did that happen can you kind of describe that a little bit can i sure so throughout my career i um, my my last corporate job i was the director of sales for a a large wireless company that helped build the sales team from the, the ground up from to 60 reps and six sales managers and i developed certain sales programs, coaching programs, and found that I really love to help people develop and grow. So that's where the the, the, the passion came from. And then I started helping smaller companies, um, 
individuals. And I've been doing that now for the last 12 years and love every minute of it. I love it. I love it. So, so you mentioned small business. Is there a, is there kind of a, a sweet spot that you help? Is it, is it like solopreneurs? Is it like small businesses? Is there a certain revenue target that they have to have that they're, they're kind of like once, you know, like, um, if I take a step back, as you start a business, you go from zero to one and then from one to a hundred or a thousand, where do you focus? Are you mostly on the zero to one side? Or are you on the one to 10? Do they need to have product? Like where, what, what are the, what's your, what's the sweet spot for someone to come? That up? is an excellent, excellent question. So my sweet spot, so, so far I, I work with <clears throat> most of the companies I work with have 50 employees or less. Okay. Um, And then a, a small port, a, a a small portion of those companies have like 10 employees where the owner of the business is responsible for generating revenue. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So he's like a player coach. The owner yes. This is a player coach basically does it himself a little bit and okay. All right. Or that's he, awesome. They do it themselves because they have their technical people in the back and the, the people in the back office doing everything else. And he or she is the person that's out there meeting clients and, and closing deals. Gotcha. Okay. Basically they're, they, they're head of sales effectively. Exactly. You know? And they're, Not- and they're the one head, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're head of everything, but also right. head of sales. <laughs> exactly. Fair enough. Um, so, so if you can, Thomas, so one of the reasons I, I, um, I wanted to actually kind of pick your brain on this show is, um, is that, you know, as you mentioned, your vast experience in sales, uh, being a sales veteran, I'd love to kind of share or kind of learn about a school of hard knocks lesson <laughs> that you might have run into in your, in your travels as a sales manager, as a sales rep, as a sales coach, like some, what are, what are, one or two of the things that kind of has stuck with you over the years that that kind of that lesson was so hard that it's still kind of it's seared in your brain so much so that every time you're doing a pitch or every time you're doing a coach a coaching session this particular lesson is still with you it carries with you because it was so painful when it <laughs> happened is there anything that that's like that so that- yes i do have one matter of fact i have many you know wow but one well, once again, we don't have time for all of those. <laughs> but one that comes to mind was when I started my sales coaching business, and <clears throat> I was introduced to a vice president of a credit union. And this particular credit union had like eight branches in the in the area, and I was really excited, you know, to have an opportunity to work with eight branches, like. 20 to 30 people. Wow. This, I was like fired up and I met with the VP and asked him some questions. So did my normal discovery and his response was, um, uh, send me a proposal. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure I have enough information to send you a proposal. Um, let me go back and think about our conversation and I will call you to set up an appointment to bring you in a proposal so we can walk through it. He said, ah, no, 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 no. You, you just, just send it to me. And so now I'm stuck between this huge potential opportunity of working with like 30 reps, this, this, this <laughs> brand that would yep. help my business. And the VP says, send me the proposal. Now I didn't have enough information to know what he needed. 
Yeah. Right? Because I have tons of different programs. And so I go home and I think about this for a couple of days. And I called him. I, I called him. I said, well, I have the proposal kind of sort of done, but I want to set up a meeting. And he refused to set up the meeting. He said, send it. So I didn't send it. Okay. Long story mm-hmm. short, I did not s- send it. And this is one of the biggest things that I teach my clients is do not send proposals because you spend a lot of time yeah. to developing the proposal and and, and, and and you want to make sure you get a chance to present the proposal. Good thing I didn't do that because six months later, I was at a, a networking event and, and, I, and I met two of his managers. Mm-hmm. And we started the conversation about, hey, so how are you guys doing? Are you guys going training? And the guy said, well, you know what time is? Now that you mentioned that we're looking at training for the reps, I'm like, oh, really? I said, well, you you know, me and Mr. VP had a conversation six months ago, um, but it didn't go anywhere. I said, but I would love to meet both of you guys and, and sit down and talk about what you guys think needs are and to develop a a proposal. They were ecstatic about that. Okay? Awesome. So I, I, I meet them. I find out what they need. I present the proposal to, to them. Yep. Okay? It gets approved. They can approve. They approved it, the two of them? No, no, no. They took it to the VP. Okay. And the VP approved it. So I started working with them. Question, question, if I can pause you. Yeah. Was that proposal, were you on point? Because you said initially you didn't really know the direction to take, what the value proposition was necessarily, what the pain point was. So you wrote something kind of speculative, like you wrote something up or or you wrote at least a little bit of it. Or did you not do any proposal work at that point after you met with the sales managers, not the VP, but the managers, that gave you the enough of information to actually write a proposal and you and so like or did you have the same proposal ready? Like where, where what state was that proposal in? So so the window? proposal for the the VVP I, I I never did. Okay, right gotcha. because I didn't know what to offer and okay. and I didn't know what was important they needed. Mm-hmm. When I sat down with the sales managers, okay, we sat down talking about what are you trying to accomplish? What level reps do you have now? What do you think you ought to have gotcha. now? What's, what's, you know, where are they? What type of pro, what's, what, and they, they gave me all, they gave me all the answers I needed to sit down and come up with a, a six, it was a six course training program. Nice. Right? And I came back to them, sat down with them when I had the proposal. And they were like nodding their head. This is exactly what we need, Thomas. So, if, so how long was that sales cycle? So from the time that you met the sales managers to the time that they said, let's go, like, where do we sign? That was 30 to 45 days. So it was pretty quick. That's, that's awesome. And, and, and the, the, reason, the reason why it, it was quick was because I caught them at the right time. See, in the sales world, Timing is critical, right? Yeah, when yes. and it's even more critical 
when somebody has an urgent need, right? Yep. So they had an urgent need that happened to talk to them at that phase. And I was, I got the information from them on what they needed. I presented it and they was not, this is exactly what I needed because I listened to them and I asked appropriate questions. So, but how did you find them? How, how did you, was it luck? Was it a stroke of luck for the timing? Well, or? well the timing was we belonged to a chamber of commerce and they had a networking event. Okay. And I attended that event. And I, I met two of the, two of the sales managers who were kind of standing to the side with their badges on. And I walked up and said, say, hi, you guys were supposed to, I know, I met the, the VP, VP's yeah, name. VP. Yep. And I, and they said, yeah, I said, so how's things going? What are you guys doing? And from that interaction, we set up another meeting to sit down and talk in detail. I love it. Um, so that's, that's, that's a great story. Um, it reminds me, it basically it's like, um, right place, right time, but the, the timing is the variable. You, you have to be persistent to always be in the right place. Right. So that when, right. And, and, and the, and the other part of that story is if I would have given the proposal to the VP, mm-hmm. it would have been wrong. It, it was the wrong proposal. So Who's now he would have had, it was, Pure guess. Now I know what all sales people, all companies need specifically. You know, very with a little variation here and there. But if I had given the VP the proposal that he thought that he wanted, mm-hmm. and then meet through the managers and give them a proposal that they wanted, it would the be VP different. now has two proposals that are totally different. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it comes down to discovery, right? So you didn't have a chance to get your discovery done, yeah. and so and, and that's and, and that's and that's a painful lesson that I teach all my clients that I ever work with. is It's very important that we do great discovery. Yeah, right. We find out in the discovery because if we do poor discovery, the proposal, the solution is going to be wrong ninety nine percent of the time. In that in that instance with the managers, in you know how long how long did that discovery process take? That took one meeting. One. So you had enough, like you said, you already knew you already know what you do and how you. Yeah, can help I, yeah. I I I I asked some questions, you know, like okay, so what type of training are you guys looking for? What have you done in the past? Where are you trying to take the salespeople in the next six to nine months? What what are you trying to do with them? Okay, mm-hmm. and then I would throw out ideas, right? What do you guys think about doing this type of training? And and I and, and I give them a little blurb about, oh yeah, that would be helpful. And what about this? And um, because their one of their big challenges was upselling customers. Yeah, right. So people get. The, they joined the credit union, but they want them to apply for a loan or gotcha. credit card or a, a car loan. Were these, were these B2C salespeople or were they B2C? Yes, B, B2C. Okay. Right? Yep. And so, but they, they needed to learn what well, one of the big challenges was upselling. We don't, Thomas, we don't want them just to sell them the, the, the credit union checking account. 
We yeah. want them to ask some questions about, hey, are you, are you thinking about buying a car in the next year or so? You need home, home mm-hmm. equity loan. You need, have you thought you need about a this? Build a relationship, right? Yeah. So, and these salespeople would be to see salespeople, which they didn't have that, that knowledge base. And there's somebody training them on how to upsell. That was a huge part of the training. And do you have, do you have any anecdotes? Like, all right. So, so, so you come in, hero saves the day, right? Like, so what happened? Can you, can you add to like, so, how, so how a change? year, a, about a year from there, actually, during the program, because the program we did over six months, mm-hmm. right? During the six months, their car sales, car loans, increased like about 15%, right? Oh, wow. Of people, wow. right? That, that was huge. Their, their, their home, their home equity came up like four to five percent. But I thought what was more important is that their people became more and more comfortable in having those conversations, right? So, so that's that's interesting. All right. So, so how how did they like? How did that happen? How did their well, people? Because, that's the key. Because their reps, see, once they became comfortable and they had some success, mm-hmm. right? And they saw other reps having success. Of hey. How did you get these car loans? How do you do right? So now the team, because once a few team members start doing well, then people kind of say, "Wait, wait a minute, Joe, how, how are you? How are you doing this?" Well, remember Thomas talked about having the conversation with the client. So we have to continue to have the conversation, and once they started to have success doing it, then it's it bred itself, right? It started breeding within the sales because these were all young adults, ages twenty to thirty. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. they don't want to be at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. Okay. And they were thriving to do better, and so just the fact that they were able to ha- be comfortable having a conversation helped them not only during that six months time that I was training them. So for any other product or services that the credit union decided to uh, 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 adopt, they would just pick it up because they made it part of their conversation. But I kind of want to dig in on that, that kind of that fear of doing something new, meaning (laughs) and and honestly, even I have it to some extent, I think everybody does, right? You never, you never sold a product. You know, you don't know what the details are around that product. You don't want to, you don't want to misstep, get yourself caught up in a, in a pothole or, you know, dig a hole for yourself in front of the client or customer. So that piece right there is, is interesting to me because how, like, how did, did their other sales reps help them? Like, so if you're, if you put yourself in their shoes, right? So you're a sales rep that's just selling checking accounts or whatever it is they're selling. And now you're being told to sell these new products that you're unfamiliar. You're not, it's not easy for you to have the conversation. And now you see, you know, John Smith over there closing deals left and right. And he's the hero of the week or the month or whatever. His, his face is in a placard saying employee of the month. And how does, how do you help that rep that's not 
able to have those conversations or at least not comfortable having those conversations to even start having the conversations going from zero to one in yeah, that yeah. sense, right? Yeah. Like, so one of the things that we did was the managers would help the sales reps, right? Okay. They would help the sales reps. So when I wasn't there, the managers would work with the sales. Now, is everybody going to get this deep? No, right? I mean, you know, it's this, there's going to be 30% of the salespeople that are not going to make this transition. Yep. They're just not, that's, that's not their skills that they, they can't do it. Right. Yeah. That's fair. We can't fix those people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't, don't focus because they're in the wrong job. Yep. Right. The job was good at the time when they was just asked to do that. Well, now they've been asked to do something more and yeah. not everybody's going to make that transition. Fair. Okay, so for those people, you have to find them other opportunities within the organization. Agreed. Because Agreed. you not can't, you people. can't, and not everybody's going to make their transition. Well, there's a, there's a spectrum of sales performance, right? And there's always, a, there's, there's like a gradient. There's, there's the, the top sellers, you got your middle performers and you got your bottom sellers and the, the bottom performers, no matter, you know, they're good people. They're, you know, they, they want to try their hand at it. They're, 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 they may be used to be good at selling something. And now that, now that the product and the market has changed and it's pivoted, like even since COVID, for example, we've gone from a, what used to be, you know, pick up the phone years back, pick up the phone and then it became email and LinkedIn. And then now even those methodologies are, are working less. I understand and I see it because the buyer, you know, personally, right? You and me, we want to find something. We want to buy something for our house or for our wives or whatever. We'll do a little bit of research on our own and then just make, you know, pull the trigger on Amazon or, or wherever it is, right? We, without talking to a soul. Right. And we do that. That's our, that's our buying methodology personally. And it's only natural for that methodology to enter the workplace to where that's what they expect. Buyers then expect that same type of experience. So the, 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 the landscape changes for sure. And, and we have to pivot with it. We as sales reps have to pivot and some can, some can't. Um, and to your point, there's always going to be a spectrum of success in sales. And sometimes, you know, you got to pivot out of that role and maybe go into customer success, account management, something that's not, you're not hunting anymore. You're kind of supporting the, the customer versus others that might thrive in, in the new landscape. So to your point, I, I completely agree that the 30% or whatever that percentage is, those guys need to be kind of repurposed for something that they can excel in and also helps the, helps the business. But then where do you focus so that that middle performer, right? So there's going to be your top reps that it's kind of, it's, it's one of those things where they're, they're kicking it. They're sorry. They're, they're killing it. They're, they're knocking it out of the park. It's not broken. Don't fix it for them. They're doing really well, but your middle performers that are kind of, they haven't, they ha they're not efficient. They haven't unlocked it. They haven't figured it out. How do you help them? How, like, so that first conversation, that's kind of, where I see, and in, in you kind of answered it. You said your sales managers will go, will they do the, is it, I don't know, uh, Thomas, and you don't have to say this um, necessarily, but I have, I have kids and um, one of them drives. And so the way I, that my analogy for this is you kind of, as a sales manager, I suspect, and I'm kind of curious on if, if this is what they do, but it's like teaching a child how to drive. You don't just hand them the keys and say, good luck. 
like, like, and then they're on their own. It's, it's more like, please, please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so the, so it's more like, all right, you get in the car, it's parked, you show them where everything is. You're in the, you, the teacher, the dad or the parent is in the driver's seat and, um, in the child's in the, in the passenger seat, go for a drive, showing them like, all right, this is how you use the brake and whatnot. And you're in a parking lot, maybe you switch to get them the idea of how to use the brake and whatnot. And then you do the same thing again on the street. And then once you feel comfortable, they understand it on a, on a barren street, then they drive on a street and make turns and whatnot. And then you do the same thing and kind of like, it's this player coaching kind of like, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and yeah. so, and that, yeah. so mm-hmm. how does that manifest itself in a sales coaching? Like, do you do it? Does a sales manager do it? How, right. how did that work? In that so, sense? so that's a, combination but the the thing that you mentioned earlier about there are you have you you have your top reps and your middle ground so for the top reps you still have to touch them and and, and keep them moving but mm-hmm. it, it, it is a different type of ap- approach right okay. much different right so yeah it ain't brick if it ain't broke it you can't fix it but you can challenge them to do more Okay. Yeah, so that's I true. always, always, but I like that. The, the, the middle people, the middle group where, you know, first of all, you need to figure out, and this is where, unfortunately, most sales managers don't have training on how to be sales managers. Correct. Yeah. They just but use that, good reps. Right. Right. And that's a topic for another session. Yep. So I won't, I won't dive in there, but for the middle, people you you sit down with them and you figure out what their goals are right you know because you have to partner with them right and i manage sales managers every sales meeting i manage meeting i have we recited their goal their mission their mission was to grow and develop the people that's the sales manager's job it should be it should, it should be, be. Number, number one problem because then everything else takes care of itself. Yeah, now you're numbers happen for... exactly. So I tell I used to train my salesman. I says, in order for me to get you to do something, you have to trust me, right? Yep. You, 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 you have to trust me. You have to think that I can add value. Okay. Yeah. Right, because. No matter what sport you play, if you don't, if the coach, if you don't respect the coach and think the coach can help you, you're not listening, right? Because you're gonna say, "This guy can't teach me anything," or "This lady can't teach me anything." I, you know. So the first conversation, the first meeting, should be about, "Okay, Joe, what do you want to do? What goals do you have? How much money you want to make this year, Joe?" Right, Joe. I want to make eighty thousand dollars. Okay, great. Well, let's figure out how to help you make that eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, and you you wind that debt back to what I have to do every day to make eighty k. And guess what, Joe? I'm going to help you do that because I'm going to go on sales calls with you, right? And I'm going to do. I'm going to see. You have to show me, right? A lot of sales managers can't show their sales reps what to do so they don't get the respect of the sales rep because the sales manager says, just go do it. Yeah. Well, if I knew how to do it, it would be done. <laughs> right? Yeah. 100%. So I need somebody to show. So 
I'm going to go on our sales calls and I'm going to, you're going to observe me. And then I'm going to observe you. And then together we're going to come back and say, what do you think I did well? What do you think you did well? And what can we do better? Teaching about right? drive, basically. Teaching right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This is You're doing the same thing. And you do that over a period of time. So now the rep gets this, this confidence. The light bulb finally goes off and they get confidence. There's nothing better than sitting back and watching a confident salesperson in action. Oh my God. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. That, and, and, but it takes, it, it takes time. Yep. It takes consistent, but most importantly, it takes both of them sitting down and say, you and I are partners in, in this. If you fail, I fail. That, but you're right. Like, I mean, just like you would build trust with a customer or a prospect, you, I mean, sales managers, they have to do that internally with their team. And to your point, like that, you know, going on those calls, ride alongs, call it like I used to be an EMT once a long, long time ago. And those, those ride alongs, like I, they didn't just hand me the keys to the van and say, all right, good luck. Go, go save some lives. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was so, I mean, a hundred percent, like that's, you raise a great point that. That building the trust not is not just internal. Sorry, not just external with the customer and the prospect to to close that deal. But it. But if you're a sales manager or sales leader, you got to do that internally as well and take every opportunity to to build that. Now, whether you're a direct manager, to your point, I think um, you you know sales managers have to do that for their teams. But even sales executives like CROs and VPs and whatnot, they're the ones who establish culture. And if they're kind of a little bit standoffish to the point where like it's just you go do it, not let me show you how to do it for their immediate lieutenants because their lieutenants are the sales managers or the sales directors. Yeah, so and, and, I, and, yep. and here's the other key thing is is that when you when you go out with a sales rep and you help coach and you help them close a, a deal and you come mm -hmm. back to the, the office, all of the reps are going to ask the the rep. So. How was Thomas on the call? How, oh man! Oh wow! Yeah. Now everybody says, "Hey, Thomas, we going out with me on the sales call, <laughs> we, right? Right? We going out with me, we, right? Right? Because, right? And that's what happens. So now everybody wants to go on sales calls now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and they'll invite it right before uh, if if you know we got some managers out in this world that are just go do it and then you're kind of left to your own devices as a rep and you don't know how to do it and you're just going to be guessing. You're kind of like, you know, massaging the wall in the dark, looking for the switch, right? Kind of thing. Right. And, and then there's other sales managers. If you're willing to put yourself out there and, and as you should be, if you're a sales manager, um, you'll, you kind of repeat, what is that? There's a phrase I'm, I'm looking for where you'll breed that level of culture that where they're willing to bring you into sales calls to show them how it's done. And it's kind of teaching a man to fish rather than, you know, you so that, that analogy where you give, yes. him, you give a man a fish for a day, you yep. feed him for a day, right? If you yep. teach him to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. And that, and that was a philosophy that I kind of had when I built my organization was I'm going to teach you how to do these things. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go out there and sometimes we're going to fail together yeah i love it because not every time i go on a sales call it's going to go all great and wonderful no and, and <laughs> you know? those learning experiences too it's, right so we're going to come back and, and, and scratch your hands and go what the 
wow, we missed that or this happened and you know, but learned lessons, right? So now, now you, the sales leader, become a human being to them too. Yeah. Right? Um, and Thomas, now, thank, yeah. uh, thank you. We're we're kind of running on time. Thank you so much for, for joining me today. Uh, it was a blast. I um you you're 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 Focus on the entire sales organization, not just the sales reps and the, the sales managers and the VPs that you speak to as well. I think that's 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 awesome. Um, is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience that that we didn't get to cover today? Any nugget so, you'd like to leave them with? So I like to leave people with the thing that I tell I mention all the all the time. Your mission in life, if you're in the sales profession, is to be a bud, B U D. Okay. And that, and it's to be better, unique, and desirable. Because your clients only want to work with people who are better, unique, and desirable. So I challenge each of you to become a bud. And deep thank you for this opportunity. I had a wonderful time. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. And everyone listening, we'll catch you on the other side. Be sure to check us out at www.excelogy.com. 